0: and welcome back to another episode of i love this you should too but this time it's spooky so grab your favorite pumpkin beer and uh get ready to hear about some spooky picks of the week and what movie we'll be watching next week how are you indy
1: i'm pretty spooked because it's the day of the federal election Ooh,
0: yes we do record ahead so <laughs> it is the federal election right now which is a very spooky day that was
1: look how topical i am
0: you're very topical I'm so on it <laughs> you're so on it uh, i should mention that we are a proud member of the alberta podcast network which is locally grown and community supported
1: How about you, Sam? Are you feeling pretty spooky?
0: I am drinking an Alley Cat Pumpkin Pie Spiced Ale, and uh, yeah, it's feeling like fall. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the chill in the air and the sweaters I wear to work
1: every day. Yeah, I like it in fall when you... Walk to work and you can feel a little bit of crispness when you walk by the graveyard. You can hear voices whisper to you. All the things that come with this <laughs> All the normal
0: October things. Yeah. <laughs> so because it's October and we're doing special spooky episodes for you, I just wanted to mention that some of our other fellow Alberta Podcast Network podcasts also have spooky Halloween episodes coming out. So this week... You can listen to That's a Thing, hosted by Karen Unland and Elizabeth Spencer, which is a podcast about Elizabeth, who's a teenager, explaining things to her mother, Karen, and Karen tells Elizabeth how that thing relates to something she knows, maybe. Their Halloween episode came out a few days ago on September 30th, and it's available wherever you get podcasts.
1: Oh, that sounds fun. I've never listened to that one. No, I think uh, I need to check that out though.
0: I've checked out a few um of the Alberta Podcast Network, and I haven't been disappointed by many of them. So, oh,
1: by many. <laughs> any
0: no, she said no. many. she's
1: calling you out. any you know which ones no. you are
0: <laughs> And we have one more uh, new Alberta Podcast Network friend. It's Repodcasting, which is a podcast about movies. So kind of like us, Janet and Lucia. ...are the hosts, and they recast uh, movies with new actors. I like that. Uh, so for Halloween, they'll be recasting the Adam Sandler movie Hubie Halloween on October 1st. Did you watch Hubie Halloween? I didn't.
1: It's, like, not good good, but it's kind of good. Okay. And if we're doing shout-outs, let's also thank uh, Lauren Peterson... An artist who did some work on Beetlejuice and many other different things. Oh. And she really liked our Beetlejuice episode. And you can see her art at lpeterson art.com. Oh. And then you can buy some uh, movie themed artwork. And it's a very cool style. I like it a lot.
0: Awesome. Yeah, there was definitely some cool artwork for the Beetlejuice episodes uh, that I saw on our Instagram.
1: One of which was by Lauren.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I like that we're supporting artists.
1: Yeah, because who else will? Just other poor artists like us. (laughs) Well, we're going to do a couple of picks of the week where we give spoiler-free reviews on things. Then I'm going to tell Samantha what the big movie watch is for next week. And like she said, we're doing all spooky things this week. But there's one thing I did want to mention. Since we record uh, in advance, especially lately because we're very busy all of a sudden.
0: We bought a house. Now Now we have to do house things. And
1: renovate that house. Yes,
0: exactly. We're
1: recording a little early, but this is the first episode since Norm Macdonald died. And I don't really care too much about celebrity deaths. Not like I don't care, but like, I don't know them. What is it to me? Yeah. So they usually don't affect me, but growing up, Norm Macdonald was like my favorite favorite. I, for whatever reason, from the ages of like eight to 16, was obsessed with late night television. <laughs> I'd stay up really late and I'd watch Letterman and Conan were my two favorites. I really didn't like Jay Leno. And Norm was always on those. And I have seen all of his movies, all of his stand up specials. So if you're not familiar, he's a com- Canadian comedian who then went on to Saturday Night Live, got fired for a bunch of bullshit <laughs> reasons. And had a medium successful career, I'd say. And I like his movies and his stand-up specials, but if you're not familiar with him at all and you want to check out some stuff, go on YouTube and watch like him on Conan and Letterman because those are some of the funniest things. One that I really liked was the... It might have been the very last episode of um, Letterman's Late Show and he did a stand-up bit and then he cried at the end and oh. told Dave he loved him and they had a little moment, which was really sweet. And Dave hates all that kind of stuff. So It was a little bit apparent that he hated that, but that's, that's all right. And so I guess as a little mini recommendations, you can watch uh, Norm Macdonald has a show, which is a Netflix Mm, talk show he did, which where he does interviews. He has a stand-up special on there called, I think it's called Lies, Trickery and Hitler's Dog. Oh, something like that. Wow. Norm Macdonald. (laughs) Go on YouTube and look up a bunch of his stuff. I'm sure everyone knows the one Conan interview where he talks about chairman of the board. That's one of my favorite bits. <laughs> but he did this one joke on Conan one once about a moth. Should I, can I tell? Like, can I, I'm not stealing because I'm telling you it's yes. Norm McDonald's joke. But I want to tell you a Norm Macdonald joke. Okay. And it won't be nearly as good as him because I'm not going to try to do a Norm delivery because it's <laughs> very specific. And it is very specific. I, I can't do it. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office, and the podiatrist says, what seems to be the problem, a moth? Because he's, <laughs> he's a moth. And the moth says, what's the problem? Oh, where do I begin? I work uh, for uh, Gregory Ilyinovich, or any name. And I work all day long. Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if, if Gregory Ilyinovich Ivinov, knows. He only knows that he has power over me. And that seems to bring him happiness, but I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I walk here and there. At night, sometimes I wake up and I turn to the old lady in my bed that's on my arm, and a lady that I once loved. I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria, she well, she fell in the cold last year. The cold took her down, as, as it did many of us. And my other boy, and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc, my other boy, uh gregaro (laughs) doc i no longer love him as much as it pains me to say when i look in his eyes all i see is the same cowardice that i catch when i take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror If only I wasn't such a coward, then perhaps, perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked-loaded gun that lays on the bedside table beside me and end this hellish facade once and for all. Doc, sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth, I'm just barely hanging on to my web with the everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. So the doctor says, moth, you're, you're really troubled, but you should see a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And the moth says, well, because the light was on. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that brilliant? (laughs) You don't think it is, but I do. I
0: I thought the ending was funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the ending's funny only because of all of that other stuff, right? Like if a moth goes into a doctor's office and says like, hey, do you sell shoes? And he goes, no, this is a doctor's office. Why'd you come in here? He's like, well, the light was on. <laughs> oh, like, you thought that was, thought funny, that was too. funny too. I thought that was funny too. But I love like that he takes you on this journey, this rambling, sad, crushing journey. And then it turns out to be like the silliest, stupidest joke. Yeah. That's what I love about that. But I'm not going to talk about Norm MacDonald, but I really loved him. He did a lot of really funny stuff. So go check it out if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> But we're going to do spooky stuff today because it's Spooktober. Spooky! I forgot from last year. You have to say spooky like that, and we have to refer to it as Spooktober constantly. Yes. But before we get into our things of the week, let's thank our first sponsor of the episode, and that is ATB, the Alberta Treasury Branch. At ATB, they make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. They have a history of doing what's right for their clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. Or you can just like, you know, pop into any one of their branches. They're all over if you're here in Alberta.
0: True. Very true. Because they are the Alberta Treasury branch. We are going to hear from Indy to hear his spooky pick of the week. Indy, what are you into this week?
1: Well, I just rewatched the 2019 film Color Out of Space on Netflix. So it's on Netflix right now if anyone wants to go check it out. This is a adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft novel. So if you're familiar with Lovecraft, well, a lot of people, especially like dudes my age, love Lovecraft. They like wear shirts with all of his stuff on it. I don't think he's great, honestly. Hmm. I've read three of his books. They're fine. I think I like him like I like Stephen King. There's great ideas there. Right. I don't think he's a particularly like, good writer. They're not
0: like, writer. out properly.
1: Well, so much of his writing, he always just says like, Oh, and it was indescribable. He calls everything indescribable, but he, like you're a professional writer. It's your
0: job to describe it. Take a stab at it. Yeah, you know? it's your job to be <laughs> describing this to me right now as I read this book.
1: <laughs> also, he's super racist. Oh, And I, I'm kind of of the mindset that you can separate art from artists, but I think that you have to acknowledge it. Like, yeah. hey, this guy was a terrible person, wrote some cool stories. Fair. Because I think a lot of people just go, hey, that person said something racist, now you can't listen to their music anymore. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if that's, I get where you're coming from, but H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, big xenophobe, racist, all of that, mediocre writer, very cool ideas. Mm. So he wrote the, I think it's kind of more of like a novella. He writes kind of short, not quite full length novels so the book may have been called the color of space or the color out of space i can't remember it's been a long time but this movie was directed by richard stanley who i know most from being thrown off the island of dr moreau he was the director of that and apparently had oh, right. really good ideas then he got thrown off and then he went to lived in the woods and then he put on like a dog costume i remember that came into the background of the movie yeah i remember this story <laughs> So he he also might be a terrible person, but I don't know about all of that, so I'm not going to get into it. Oh, okay. This is intriguing. <laughs> but this movie did not do well in theaters, is not well-reviewed either, so maybe it's just me that likes it? I don't love it, but there's a lot to like in this movie, I think. It's kind of a throwback to, like... Fifties style sci-fi horror, because I feel like we don't often see sci-fi horror nearly Mm -hmm. as much these days. Or when we do, it's approached very differently. I feel like in the pre-Landing on the Moon times, everything about space was seen as much more unknowable and limitless. Now when we see a sci-fi horror movie, you say like, here's the alien, that's him, we can see him right now, and now we're gonna fight him for a while. It's less abstract, but I think before people had gone into space as much as we have now, all of the sci-fi things were so much more imaginative because we didn't have any concept of what could be out there. And so anything you put in a movie and you just say, oh, it's from space, people are like, yeah, that makes sense because who knows what's out there. True. So you have limitless possibilities of what your horror can be if it's kind of cosmic like this one is. Hmm. So the basic premise of the movie is there is a family. They live not quite on a farm, but outside of town, outside of a small town. And a meteor lands in their yard and people come and look at it. And they're like, oh, I don't know. This could be anything. And in the book, they talk about the color of this blob type thing. And of course, Lovecraft says it's an indescribable color. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But in the movie, it's kind of magenta-ish which is fitting because magenta is kind of an impossible color when you look at the color wheel yeah it's where two ends of it converge so that's Mm -hmm. a that's a good pick and i also like in a lot of movies these days we're getting this retro 80s aesthetic but they're taking the best part of the 80s and forgetting all the bad stuff right so we get get all
0: the cute like gym shorts and the like ringer t-shirts and everything and Yeah, that too. And like the campiness. Um, I
1: was thinking more in movies, we are getting like this, the new wave of the 80s and the color palettes of magentas and blues and purples and being almost neon and those being kind of co-opted now into this horror movie. Mm. And I think it works really well. And because this force, this color comes from space, literally anything is possible. So it's not like... It's an alien. It's radioactive. It's whatever you kind of fear most could feasibly happen in this movie. Oh, And I'm not going to tell you what happens in it because this is a spoiler free for today. I'll just kind of talk about potential things. Some of them may happen in this movie. Some of them may not. <laughs> but like in a slasher movie, you know, like you could get stabbed or chopped up. That's what you're afraid yeah, of. Of course. You know that in a haunted house movie, you can get spooked and maybe grabbed like really and ghosts don't really do a whole lot to the people it's just the fear of having ghosts there but this movie creates a situation where literally any terrifying thing could occur and it's not vampires or killers or haunted houses and it doesn't rely on any of those pre-existing tropes Mm -hmm. of hey we're used to ghosts so now we have a ghost type thing it's Pretty original, I think. But they all draw on things that we are already scared of. So there could be voices calling you to go into a well. Or it could be the crumbling of your reality and your psyche. Or it could be someone you know and trust is being bent to the will of this malicious, unknowable force. Or maybe you're turning into your violent father who you always were scared of and feared that you would become like... Or maybe you've gone through illness and now everything smells like death and you just associate the smell of cancer with everything you eat now. Or it can get into like body horror in Cronenberg type stuff. There's also some really cool creature effects, like non-CG practical creature effects, which I don't see too often anymore. There's some of that in here. There's just such a wide variety of things. And I feel like casting your net this wide often wouldn't serve you well because maybe one thing gets you, but most of them don't. Like my complaint of those American horror story shows. It's like, all right, ghosts, cool. And then they're like, oh, also Nazis, also UFOs, also vampires. And you're just like, it's it's too much. (laughs) Yeah. But this, they all kind of stem from the same point from this unknowable color or force from another world. Mm -hmm. And If early on you allow yourself to go on this journey, like kind of like how you say you watch shows where, you know what, I just turn my mind off and it's like nice. And I'm fine with that. (laughs) This is that for me, where Mm. if I look at it, it's like, well, why did he actually do that? Let's look at this character (laughs) real closely. And sometimes the logic doesn't always make sense. But if you give me a premise that says anything can happen because of blank. Yeah. Fine, you've made it that world, so I'm going to buy into all of it. So you just have to realize anything can happen because it's from space. We don't know. But even in a movie that has all sorts of really crazy things going on, I feel like their character work is pretty solid. The plot plods along quite nicely. It doesn't ramp up too fast, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these movies do. For something that goes to, and I don't think this is a spoiler, it goes to very crazy and sometimes horrifying places. And I mean like horrifying, not like it's a horror movie, someone dies. Yeah. Truly, truly grotesque, horrifying things happen in this, in my opinion. For something that goes to that extent, the restraint it has early on to kind of ramp you up to that and not feel quite jarred, but always feel uneasy is not the easiest thing to do in pacing of a movie, and mm-hmm. I feel like this movie does that well. Hmm. Also, it has uh, Nick Cage, who I like him better when he's like, really caging it up and being ridiculous than even some of his really good performances, but I don't think he's particularly good in this. Right. I feel like he plays it sillier than everyone else in this movie, so I didn't love him in this one, right. but you know, it's still fun when he... like goes into a cage rage he gets one cage rage in here at least gets all cagey yeah it actually kind of reminds me of his movie mandy a little bit but i won't tell you why because i feel like i'll spoil two movies then Mm -hmm. it also has some similarities to that movie annihilation that i liked a couple of years ago it was a natalie portman and and others And visually, I think there are some really great things in it. It starts off with just a forest that doesn't look quite right. And it turns out, I think they shot it in Portugal. Oh, interesting. I think they're playing it as Maine or something like that. But that's why nothing looks quite right right, because I'm not used to this type of forest. And Portugal, from what I've seen, looks quite unique. And then it gets into straight up psychedelic stuff later on that is amazing if you kind of let yourself go into that world. Also, if you're someone who loves uh, hallucinogenics, this is probably going to be a great movie for you.
0: <laughs> so to watch After Taking?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I assume like you want to watch crazy stuff. <laughs> Sam's nodding knowingly because she's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I drop a lot of LSD and let I me tell you.
0: do not drop any LSD. <laughs>
1: But I think it's, it's a fun journey to go on. I don't think it's the best horror movie to come out, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think it has a lot of elements that we don't often see in movies today. It's kind of a throwback to 50s and 60s sci-fi, uh. but with a lot of knowledge of the last 40 years of horror filmmaking. So it draws a little bit on that, but mostly from earlier stuff. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun go check it out it's a pretty easy watch it's not going to be too heavy even though some scenes do get a little heavy but (laughs) if you're kind of in the mindset of like no this is just fun stuff then you won't be too disturbed but if you want to get like really into it and are disturbed i think it's probably even better Hmm. for you then so check it out it's called color out of space and it is available on netflix
0: everything's on netflix today
1: not everything but we'll talk about that later sounds good (laughs) well then that kind of leads us into yours which may or may not be on netflix samantha what's your spooky thing of the week
0: so my spooky thing of the week is called dangerous lies it is a netflix movie um from 2020 and it is a thriller it's directed by michael scott not from dunder mifflin f- not from dunder mifflin um and it was written by david golden so it's uh starring camilla mendez who is veronica from archie from riverdale jesse t usher jamie chung cam Gigandet. and i'm probably saying that wrong uh sasha alexander and elliot gould
1: oh elliot gould is the only one of those i know yeah i'm i swear i'm not a 65 year old man but sometimes it seems like it
0: you're really coming out as 65 today (laughs) Dangerous Lies is uh, about a wealthy elderly man who dies and unexpectedly leaves his estate to his new caregiver, and she's drawn into a web of deception and murder. If she's going to survive, she'll have to question everybody's motives, even the people she loves.
1: Did you ever talk about this on this podcast before? I don't think so.
0: So the movie starts with a robbery in a diner, and we find out that the server is the main character, Katie, and the hero who saves the day is her husband, Adam. And the movie kind of really starts four months later when she gets a new job and is a caretaker to Elliot Gould, um, who lives alone in this giant mansion um, that has lots of like creepy nooks and crannies and kind of looks like it could be its own horror movie.
1: Oh, I like where that's going. It's very,
0: it's a very cool house to look at. Um, So Katie gets her husband, Adam, a job as the caretaker of the house. Uh, doing, like, yard work and handyman stuff so that he can um, earn a wage as well. And uh, I don't want to ruin too much of this movie because it does move pretty quickly and um, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm going to say that this is a fast-moving movie And the rest of the cast involves a creepy realtor, a bunch of unaccounted-for cash, and a plot to murder Katie to get the house.
1: Oh, no. For a second, I thought you said a bunch of unaccounted-for cats. And I was like, oh, (laughs) wild cats.
0: You perked up there.
1: Free cats.
0: So if you're looking for kind of an easy-watching thriller, this is one of those ones, like you said, where you can watch it. It's not so scary that you're going to be like, anxious or uncomfortable but it's kind of a fun ride and uh it's more mindless samantha picks
1: nice um you did in fact talk about it on episode 58 okay But I had forgotten all about it. Have you just recently revisited this movie?
0: Yeah, I watched it this afternoon. I uh, recently got an injury, and so I spent most of the day in bed. (laughs) So I watched it, uh, and I had a nap while I was watching it, but that was mostly the painkillers in that
1: movie. But it still holds up on your second view. It still
0: holds up. It was good. It was easy to watch, and uh,
1: I enjoyed it. And that is available on Netflix as well. It
0: is on Netflix, and uh, I believe it might be a Netflix original, actually. So it should be on Netflix for a while.
1: If you want to hear more about it, you can go back to episode fifty-eight, which we also talked about: "Run the Jewels," "Killer Mike," and "Fruitvale Station." Oh yeah, that was. I think good that episode. was an underappreciated episode. It so was, you should go check it out. It was
0: an underappreciated. We episode. We went
1: on rants on that one.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a big episode.
1: Yeah, go check it out. Fifty-eight.
0: So our second sponsor of the podcast is the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonnick, produced by Lisa Pruden, and explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. So you can subscribe to the Well Endowed Podcast at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Well, Indy, we've come to the spookiest part of the episode.
1: Where we have to spend all night in old man Johnson's haunted house. No. Oh. I think that's a different podcast. Let's do that. We should do our spooky episodes from haunted places.
0: Sure. You find some haunted places and we'll podcast. I know some
1: haunted places.
0: Okay, let's go
1: maybe not today because you know we're we're pretty much done.
0: I'm pre- yeah and I'm a little bit housebound today. <laughs> so Indy, what are we going to be watching this
1: week? So for next week we are going to be watching the Spanish film in English it is called The Orphanage mm-hmm. or in Spanish El Orfanato.
0: Oh, I from... like your Spanish voice.
1: Well, usually I do the the lower voice because when I was learning Spanish, <laughs> I listened to a, a certain speaker. So now everything I say sounds like "una mesa para dos personas, por favor." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did enjoy listening to you learn Spanish because there's like the talking out loud part, mm-hmm. and you just totally mimicked the guy. <laughs> it was very funny.
1: <laughs>
0: ha, ha, ha. Oh, now you laugh like that too.
1: See. <laughs> sí. Um uh, maybe I'll, you'll hear more of that when we talk about this episode next week. Yes! <laughs> or this movie next week. So, uh, The Orphanage was from 2007. It is in Spanish, and it's described as a gothic supernatural horror film. And it's the first film from that director, J.A. Bayona. And he's gone on to do big things. I think he's done, like, a Jurassic Park movie and... Oh is going to be doing that Lord of the Rings TV show when it comes out and a few other big ones as well. But he he got big time. But this is a very impressive debut. It's a mostly an atmospheric type horror movie, uh-huh. because this is the type of movie that I feel actually scares me. I know everyone's scared ah. by different things. But the things that scare me are haunted house ones when they are pretty slow moving and you usually don't see like here's a big monster and you're running from it when I see something it kind of takes the the magic of the fear away like I love Friday the 13th movies I think they're a lot of fun but I'm not actually scared of Jason Voorhees no right he's just a big guy if I was there I'd just run faster than him and I'd be fine <laughs> or also i like yeah he doesn't exist so I'm I'm cool with it even serial killer movies I, although that's much more plausible to our real life than being in a haunted orphanage, those ones don't really scare me. Oh, Things that scare me are the ones that take the time to build an atmosphere. So you're kind of just always on edge and like Color Out of Space, but on a much smaller scale, it has that slow ramp up to things being uh, truly oh, frightening.
0: Interesting.
1: So I'm not someone who really cares about jump scares. I feel like they're usually cheap.
0: I don't like jump scares.
1: But they work on you. Yes, because... They I... work on you amazingly well. <laughs> so As much so somebody... that if I walk into a room without announcing <laughs> my presence for like the last 30 seconds, you will be very scared.
0: Yeah, I definitely screamed this weekend when yeah. you went to I like room. sneezed
1: too loud and you screamed from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a but
1: uh, this movie, I don't want to give away anything because we're going to be watching it mm-hmm. and talking about it all on next week's episode but i will say that it's a atmospheric movie it doesn't rely on gore and jump scares there may be one or two i don't can't remember any but if they were they're not like the point of the movie
0: okay i'll still scream though
1: yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) there might may not be any but i feel like in every horror movie there's something that's a little bit of a startle like that And so the premise of this movie, there is a woman named Laura. She grew up in an orphanage. Now she is married, has a child of her own, and is trying to give back to that community. So she purchases the orphanage that she grew up in, and she's going to start running it for all sorts of other kids and try to help them like she had been helped. Oh. So that's all lovely, right? That's nice. And then things take a dark turn. Ah! (laughs) And I think that's uh, uh, enough of a buildup of what this movie is about. Because you can kind of picture big old building, things might get a little spooky.
0: That's already scary to me. I don't know, like it's such a like weird premise, I guess, that it kind of already seems scary.
1: So many horror movies, even if they're not really like a haunted house movie, they start with someone moving into a new house that's so big on like the one you just talked about that's a big part of it right yeah. uh colorado space actually they are kind of new to that place as well the shining they're going somewhere new every haunted house movie your sinisters and things like that that's a big part of it because well i think as we know moving is scary yeah and it's kind of upsetting your whole world right you're True. restarting everything you don't know what goes where you don't know what's behind every door and I think a lot of movies maybe even subconsciously draw on all of that. Right. And this is definitely one yeah, of Yeah, there's pros.
0: a certain like anxiety and fear of the future when you're moving.
1: I already think when we spend our first night in our new house, it's going to be weird. It is like, weird. Like that's not our house.
0: I remember... But it will be. My first night alone here in the condo that we are currently recording in, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I bought about five years ago. I remember that being scary to me.
1: So this one might be a little harder to find because it's not on Netflix, Mm. or at least in Canada, but check where you are. It is something that is available to rent from Amazon or YouTube or pretty much everything like that. All those places that have rentals, yeah. There are like a bunch of other movies called The Orphanage. It's not those. It's from 2007 and it is in Spanish and it's called El Orfanato in the original cover art and things like that. Right. Also, if you're really having trouble finding it, ask me. I can probably hook you up in some way or another. <laughs> I do know for a fact that all of you Edmontonians can get it at your public library. Oh, I do love a good
0: public library, shout out.
1: And it will have my staff pick sticker on it. Yay!
0: <laughs> Is there only one copy?
1: No, there are. I'm not sure how many. At least one of them has my okay. sticker.
0: Well, if you find it, send us a picture of you holding it up with Indy's name on it. Oh, yeah,
1: that'd be pretty funny, actually. Well, normally we would do a trailer, but the trailers aren't in English and the ones that are in English are seemingly describing a different film because yeah, they're making it. you watched
0: one and you were like, that's not how the movie. That's not in the movie. What is this?
1: <laughs> they made it look like some home invasion by ghosts and it was like, she's running around and things are chasing her and that doesn't happen. Oh. It's a nice, slow, quiet movie. It's a little sad as well. It's, I think, and... A- emotional movie but still maybe not the most complex and i don't mean that in a bad way but usually when we're talking about a horror movie especially one of my picks and i go on about like when we watch halloween i have to say like well this is a metaphor for the the time yeah like this was the 1970s and it's full of all this uncertainty i think this is just a good spooky ghost story
0: oh okay so you
1: won't have to hear me theorize about what this all means well i probably still will a <laughs> you little. will i'll try it i won't much we know you well enough at this <laughs> point. that's very true
0: there will be theorizing and it will be very in-depth
1: well, if you look at it, uh, Guillermo del Toro's earlier stuff, that is very much like representative of the Spanish Civil War. But mm-hmm. he is a producer on this and also has a small, uncredited role. Hmm. So you can see Guillermo del Toro being a doctor. Cool. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we will watch The Orphanage this week. And we'll talk to you again next Monday when we talk about this movie and how scary it was
1: and remember if this is your first time next week will be all spoilers and we will get really in depth about just the one movie
0: yes and then the week after we will find out what i will be bringing to the table to spook Indy.
1: oh i'm gonna get so spooked
0: so spooked but in like a fun way so spooked an unlifting an uplifting spook Uh, oh yours is an
1: uplifting spook yeah Okay, then mine is a. What's the opposite? A down pressing? Yeah. <laughs> down dropping, spooked.
0: Yeah, a real soul crusher.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get down pressed on this one, and then you'll get uplifted for the next one.
0: Perfect. This is this is the whole point of the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> to down press and uplift.
0: Exactly. I'm
1: gonna yeah. start. I got down pressed.
0: Oh, so down pressed. I
1: got pressed down.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. So indie spooky spooky time
1: did you call me spooky time, so indie spooky time? yeah, okay,
0: what's your new nickname,
1: indie spooky time?
0: Yeah. I like it, Randau was too boring. now you're just indie spooky time. That's great, and then we're gonna get married and we'll be Mr. and Mrs. Spooky Time.
1: I'm all for that. I
0: actually like that, okay. We'll revisit that later.
1: <laughs> I will go back to being a teacher so I could be Mr. Spooky time. yes, <laughs> Wait, what was the question?